0: The Heartless obey me now, Sora. Now I have nothing to fear. You're stupid!
1: Hello, we're Bluecast, and my name's James. I'm Ewan. And I'm Rob. But the question is. Why we calls
2: the Bloobcast. Yes, ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha! Yes, yes. Yes, welcome to another episode of the Bloobcast. This episode is a very special episode because it will be the first episode that gets copyright struck. Now listen, this is important. Only the, the copyright owner has the right to use their work. Because today <laughs> we are discussing Kingdom Hearts the original and easily best game to feature the voice talents of Sean Astin, Brian Blessed and Dan Castellaneta. Kingdom Hearts follows the adventures of Sora, Donald and Goofy. So not Mickey, Donald and Goofy, but Sora, who's like an anime cartoon character, who go on, on a mad adventure around the various Disney worlds to defeat the evil monsters called the Heartless and some other scary bad guys, including a lot of the Disney villains. It's one of the absolute maddest things to ever come out of the year 2002. And it's a dear game that's stuck in my mind and in my brain and in my childhood memories and everything, because I played it a lot as a kid. And yeah, no, I'm very excited to be discussing Kingdom Hearts.
0: I love the part where Bunks Bunny shows up and seals the door to darkness.
1: Eh. What's up, Sora? <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned Sora being like an anime character. Yeah. But one thing I thought was um, cool was that Sora was kind of a blending of the aesthetics of Disney and Final Fantasy. Mm. Because yeah. like, he looks yeah. like yeah. an anime character, but at the same time he looks like a Disney character. It's kind of like the melding of the two worlds, which is really fitting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think what you've made a good point. One thing I did notice about the original... Characters in Kingdom Hearts is that they do have a similar clothes and color palettes to other Disney characters. Even Sora's shoes looks a bit like Mickey Mouse's yes, shoes. Yeah, there's, there's um, definitely
2: that going on there. Like even he's got a bit of red in his outfit, like the red shorts, and that's very clearly yeah. like a Mickey Mouse red shorts kind of idea. Hmm. Oh yeah, I should mention Final Fantasy because of course, yes, this is the big combination between Disney and Final Fantasy, which is just insane as a concept, but. It somehow exists, including characters, yes, from Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, and Final Fantasy X. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy that this exists and... But it's also wonderful, and it's amazing that it exists, and I'm very happy. I
0: honestly had no idea that they were Final Fantasy characters. I just thought they were random anime characters playing mm. along the place. But then I realised <laughs> later on at university, I was like, oh, actually, this from another game franchise. That's interesting.
2: Well, what's cool about <laughs> it is that a lot of... Yeah, those characters themselves, unlike the Disney characters, are placed within the context of the story. So whereas, like, yeah. the, the Disney characters, you go to the Disney mm-hmm. world. So you go to... It's, it's like going going to Disneyland, it's literally the, the kind of the conceit <laughs> of the game, is that you go to Wonderland and you go to the Mermaid's world or and you go to Neverland, you, you go to all these places and um, yeah. the whole point is it's like it's go- going to Disneyland, whereas with the Final Fantasy characters they're actually built into the Kingdom Hearts mythology, like they're part of the story. And I think the coolest character is definitely Cloud from Final Fantasy 7. I love his redesign. <laughs> oh yes. Um, and he's just like, he's literally got this whole <laughs> mysterious backstory. It gets his character down. Probably even better than his game did, which is really it's, impressive,
0: it's yeah. It's so weird seeing Cloud Strife, this tough edgy character with a complex backstory, tough guy attitude, big sword his ability to take on gods in Final Fantasy 7, I should add. Yeah. But in this game, he's defeated <laughs> by Severus and then rescued by Hercules. Both are Disney cartoon <laughs> characters. And that just blows my
1: mind. Um, it's very yeah, funny. I've not really played Final Fantasy 7. I played a bit of it last year and mm. then got sidetracked by other games because it mm. is a long <laughs> game. <It laughs> I, I finished yeah, it when I, had I, COVID, I think it so is really cool. Good. I think it is cool seeing Cloud interact with Hades from Hercules. It's cool seeing them play off of each other.
2: That little punk is your next opponent, okay? I'll blow him. Just take him out. The great god of the underworld is afraid of a kid.
1: Yeah. It's a fun dynamic. Yeah, even if James Woods is a terrible person. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a thing, isn't it? That,
2: but that's the other crazy thing I mentioned about the voice actors. Yes, they did get James Woods back to voice Hades as he was in the Hercules film. And I, I noticed as well that they got Jodie Benson, who voiced Ariel, to come back to voice Ariel in The Little Mermaid World. It's crazy. Uh, like, they, they got all of these they voice actors. And they got Brian back. Blessed. You can't! Beat the best! Brian Blessed to voice Clayton, yeah. And Dan Castellaneta. So, this is a funny one. So, Robin Williams didn't voice the genie in Aladdin 2, which is like the VHS Return Do you know of why? Jafar. There was like a whole. Well, he always had a beef with Disney anyway, didn't he? I think it was like. It, he wanted. Yes. He
0: basically didn't want his voice to be turned into this marketing. He, did,
2: thing. he didn't want it to be, yeah. be like stunt casting like we get now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for the second film, they got Dan Castellanata, the voice of Homer Simpson, to come and voice the Genie in Aladdin 2. And here he is, uh, Dan Castellanata in Kingdom Hearts.
1: The one and only Genie of the Lamb! He didn't just voice him in Aladdin 2, he also voiced him in the Aladdin animated series. Mm. Uh, which I okay, think yeah. um, Return to Jafar was, the, was like kind of like a spin-off of the TV series, as well as the sequel to the right. movie.
2: Right, well, that, yeah, that would make sense, because it was like a director video film, wasn't it, as well? Yeah. But yeah, so I guess mm. we should discuss how we discovered Kingdom Hearts going in. Uh, no. I'm not going to start with me. James, you start first. I want some... Sure. A random opinion um,
0: coming in. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. And if I'm perfectly honest, it's kind of a bit vague even to myself, I'm not 100% sure which is correct, but I do think it's one of two events. Hmm. So I remember first getting the PS2, it was for my brother, he got it as a present, um, but we've kind of ended up sharing it and I played a lot of games, I probably played more games on it than he did actually, to be honest. And we had a demo disc, I remember having this demo disc, and it wasn't an actual demo you could play for Kingdom Hearts. But there was an extended sort of teaser for it, and it had the music playing, and I remember seeing this on the screen with like, all these Disney characters showing up and all this beautiful music and stuff, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this looks amazing. And I remember that very vividly as a kid, and I actually played that teaser over and over and over again because I was just so just awestruck by it it was amazing. But also, I remember correctly, there was an old gaming shop called Game. And I used to go there all the time to buy second-hand games. Uh, Game still exists. Does it still exist? Oh, it's just my local one closed down. I didn't know if the business still existed. So I went to game. Hasn't gone the way of warps yet. I went to game and picked up a few games from there. I remember getting Pac-Man 3D. Or Pac-Man 2, I think it was. And a few other games. But Kingdom Hearts was one of them. And I remember seeing the the cover for it and just feeling really, really confused. Because I saw, like, all these kind of anime characters and it looks kind of like edgy a little bit, the artwork and stuff Mm. at the front. At the bottom of it you can see all these Disney characters just floating around I was just really confused by it. (laughs) So I played that and I remember really enjoying it but I could never finish it. I even remember getting really stuck on the tutorial. And I'd spent hours just trying to figure out where the map was, for instance, where all the objects were they had to find. I was really bad at playing video games when That's I was younger, it. Uh, it goes without saying. But but then, as I got older, I really got more into the series. I think I appreciate the series a bit more as I got older. I always kind of liked it, but as I got older, I kind of think I was a bit more able to access it. I like Kingdom Hearts 2. I'll just go with that a bit later on down the line. Hmm. But yeah, no, I've... Always had a love for Kingdom Hearts. I listen to the soundtrack still, and I think it's a (laughs) wicked game, so...
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's fascinating that you said game, because that's where I discovered Kingdom Hearts as well. So uh, Oh wicked. Yeah, I don't know if it's I think there is still a game in Blue Water. So Blue Water's this big shopping center out, yeah, outside it's London. Still there. yeah. It feels so like it's
0: like, on its way out, doesn't
2: it? Yeah. But it's still there. And yeah, and we used to go there. Mum and I when I was younger we would go there every now and then and I'd go to the game shop. And and I saw yeah, I saw this game. And you gotta remember that my mum was really strict about games that I could play, <laughs> so I couldn't I couldn't buy anything that was like a twelve. You know, when I was like ten or, or nine or whatever. Kingdom Hearts, I think, was a seven plus, so that was like perfect for me to get. Like, you gotta remember as well, when I was growing up, the games I was playing was like Mickey's Wild Adventure, also known as Mickey Mania, and oh, Yeah, and Toy Story Two on the PS1. So games like that, you know, there was like all- well yeah, Spyro, but like what I mean is Disney affiliated games in some way or another. I played Tarzan on PS one as well. Oh, and God. so And didn't you have the
1: skateboarding game, the Disney skateboarding?
2: Yes. Yeah, Disney skateboarding with the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 engine or something like that yeah that was a great game I really enjoyed that but yeah so I played a lot of Disney games anyway and then yeah same as James I saw this box art cover where it's like yeah these anime kind of characters there's a kid with a key like a giant key and I'm like what is that but then it had Donald and Goofy on it and I was like this is easily the most intriguing thing anyone has ever created um, and put and put on a video game cover. And yeah, because it was a 7 Plus, I was able to be like, oh, mum, can I get this? And she was like, yeah, sure. You know, it's got Disney on it. It's a perfect thing for a kid to pick up. Yeah, oh my God, I infuriated my friends with this game in primary school. I was so annoying. <laughs> so I apologise years after the fact that uh, to my friends that I did not shut up about this game for a very long time. I don't know what it was I don't, oh, That was yeah. like
1: with reboot in secondary school. Yeah, yeah
2: I mean I, I knew to shut up about Kingdom Hearts once I got to secondary school but definitely for about two years or so at primary school I I did not shut up about Kingdom Hearts. I played it a lot and then I I didn't finish it and then I played Kingdom Hearts 2 so it was really odd because not only had I not finished Kingdom Hearts 1 but obviously at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2 is like there's a completely different (laughs) thing going on in that story and it's like what is going on it's crazy but anyway. Because you didn't play the one in the Game Boy Advance. To be fair, the original point was that there would be a big time jump with 2 and that the idea of was that the middle was going to be left to be a mystery, but then there was a push to tell that story which then resulted in Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, this kind of interim game. It was a complete chance thing that I discovered Kingdom Hearts because I never saw any adverts for it or anything. And I've just been a big fan ever since. Yeah, I've got I've just... got a big collection of all the the manga books as well. I've, I've got I've <laughs> got the collector's editions of the games. So I've got yeah, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 Remix and 2.5 Remix, Aww. which has like the concept art for the series. Yeah, it's great. I feel like we
0: should just explain to listeners because you made a very good point there about uh, the confusion between jumping the Hearts one to two. Kingdom Hearts one is definitely the first. Kingdom Hearts game. There's no doubt about that. There's no complexity to that. It is Kingdom Hearts 1. Okay. Kingdom Hearts 2, however, is actually <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3, however, is Kingdom Hearts 12. <laughs> and Kingdom Hearts... <laughs> And I think Kingdom Hearts Four, which has been announced, will be technically Kingdom Hearts Fifteen. Yeah.
2: So we need to. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not playing I, for I re- any of these. No, I, I remember I remember being frustrated as a kid because a lot of these games were released on different consoles. So I think Chain of Memories yeah. was eventually released on PS2, but it was originally released on the Game Boy Advance. And yeah. I, I didn't yeah. I didn't have a Game think, Boy when I was a kid, um, yeah, well, so it was really frustrating.
1: The PS2 release I think was Japan exclusive. Yeah, it was only when. We got like the 1.5 collections that was bought over.
2: Yeah, that would make sense. So I literally, I only played as a kid, I only played Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. And I beat 2 mm. before I beat 1. Weirdly enough. But yeah, no, so I eventually went back and beat one completely, and it's a great, very satisfying game to beat. I think Absolutely. one of one of the reasons why I've been a big fan of this series is that it's it's one of the few games where I I know Rob is gonna have things to say about this, but I, I find the combat really satisfying to play. I like and it. Um, I like, it. And especially the first game, more so than the second. I think the second game is easier to play, but I love mm. the kind of the weightiness of one like Sora actually feels like he's holding a big hammer that he's like swinging around randomly and hitting people with and so I don't know I just find it a very satisfying game to play so coming back to it to play for the for Bluecast was was a real joy for me but anyway Absolutely. Rob tell us about Rob. Kingdom Hearts <laughs> okay here we go so i think
1: like James my first exposure to Kingdom Hearts was on a PS2 demo disc which i had because I remember I think the back of the box described it as like the Kingdom Hearts trailer said Final Fantasy does Disney I'm like what does that mean so I yeah. watched the trailer and it was like oh, okay I get this so you're going through all these Disney worlds this Final Fantasy anime character dude and yeah that was about it until I think 2006 when I was about 13 when one of my sisters in Woolworths bought Kingdom Hearts 2 and I played a bit of that but I don't at the time she got it, I got Simpsons Hit and Run, so mm. I played that more often than not, and I'd argue it was probably a better game. <laughs> I digress. No. We also played a bit of three, three five eight slash two days on the DS, and I've. I did play the first game on the PS3 collection a few years ago, but again, this is what during that time in my last year of uni where I had lots of stuff going on, and yeah, that was one thing that I never got round to finishing, also got lost. But yeah, so my first playthrough, or quote-unquote full playthrough, because as we'll get into, I didn't end up finishing this game, was for this episode, and I was playing the original PS2 version, and yeah we'll get into more of my thoughts later on because mine aren't quite on the same page as ewan and james's yeah and that's cool i mean, at the end of the day not every game's for everyone yeah that i had a whole thing about that is no one likes every game ever made and it is possible to dislike something without thinking it's bad
0: well, I mean, you only need to go back to the Resident Evil episodes we've done for me to just like literally say in every episode, I did not finish this game, I had a bad time.
1: <laughs> so, but yeah, no, that's cool. I want to discuss the opening cutscene. Oh, yeah. There's a reason why, because as soon as I started playing the game, and the first cutscene started, and there is this early 2000 star and pop song playing. Oh yeah, that's great. I just burst out <laughs> laughing. Because it just yeah, reminded me of amazing. YouTube AMVs, but before YouTube and/or AMVs were a thing. Like, I think you could just take out that song and put like Linkin Park over the top, and it would fit
2: right yeah no i know what you mean it's got that kind of cutscene montage idea going on hasn't it it's mm. amazing it's such an early 2000s thing to do i guess like to have this almost like mtv moment at the start well, of I the like game that, though. Uh, it's so fun <laughs> i love it, I love it. It's, a, it's a it's a really cool intro as well and then it, it leads on to like sora it's like almost like he like he's having an amazing weird dream, which is really cool. Mm, yeah. And then of course he falls from the sky and collapses into the water and, and then finds himself on this weird tower thing, which oh, then wonderful. leads onto the gameplay. But it's such a great, cool, mm. abstract... Mu- but it is, yeah, it's like a music video. It's so... You've got to kind of get on Kingdom Hearts level. It's a very cringy series oh, it's very in general. Oh, yeah, especially uh,
1: yeah. Riku's dialogue, because never Riku said something. Oh, yeah, yeah i was just like <laughs> rolled in my eyes like it was like, yeah. it's, um... it's the most emo character oh.
0: riku why did you become one with the darkness because i'm the worst riku
1: you horses ass. well
0: i like riku but i'll explore that in just a second uh because i want to just because we are talking about the start of the game and this leads into what i wanted to bring up a second ago yeah. which is that you go through the music video and then you get this tutorial and it's a very interesting tutorial where suddenly it goes from being this sort of 2000s thing to something this really kind of chilling moment where you see this kind of like stained glass painting of Disney princesses, and you have to run around yeah, and fight monsters, so... and it's it's very chilling. But it,
2: it's really, despite the Disney princesses, it's an incredibly sinister yeah. sequence, and like it's very weird mm, and mysterious. It, it's yeah, it's very like, ambiguous. Like you don't know what yeah. exactly. Everything is If you're, You kind of
1: ask like, pick a stat, and you have like you have no idea what this is going to mean. Exactly, but that that's a yeah, very good yeah.
0: point because this is one thing I wanted to debate and this is really important in the early part of the game is whether or not Kingdom Hearts is an RPG. And I want to say yes, <laughs> but in the most unconventional way because there's this big debate and I've had this conversation with you before about what constitutes an RPG or like a adventure game that has RPG elements. And yeah. to an extent... On the surface, it looks as if like, Kingdom Hearts is basically an adventure game with RPG elements. There's a linear story. You don't really customise your character or roleplay per se, but then equally the tutorial itself yeah. is the most RPG thing I've probably ever seen in any video mm. game ever. You don't... Yeah. You yeah. basically you get talk to characters and say, are you this and that? Are you more courageous? Are you more this? Is this your trait? Mm. Then you also pick a, a weapon for yourself and stuff like that. And you're not, playing, not really playing as Sora. You're playing as you and yeah. how you determine it's, it is you and that also determines well, the rest of the game later on as well there's like this really yeah. concrete rpg moment that solidifies the adventure later on so yeah. in that but, regard oh, yeah. i think there's an yeah. argument to be made that it is an rpg i think maybe
2: oh yeah no I, I i definitely say it has role-playing elements i think at most it's it's like an action rpg mm. i think yeah that's the
1: yeah. genre of stuff. Yeah. That's probably where a lot of stuff because I don't really play JRPGs very often, aside from Pokemon, which is, mm. of course, for much is for mm. kids, and so things Disagree. are very simple. All for everyone. But, <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. It's for a younger kind of demographic, primarily, so it's a lot easier. Whereas I, I, mm. I'm not used to playing JRPGs, so that's mm. probably where a lot of my problems from the game stem from.
2: I mean, I don't think that's necessary. Well, this isn't. This isn't turn-based, so yeah. it's a bit different. I think the things it is. It, it is still an. It still is a hack and slash. Kind yeah. Of idea. I don't think it's the like, RPG
0: elements that's the issue. I think it's more because I do know where you're coming from. I'm just terrible. No, at the game. no,
2: no, no. I'm not saying that at all. Because I
0: think, to be fair on you, it is a difficult game. I do believe this. And even as a kid, as I oh, said yeah. before, I could not finish it. And even as an adult, yeah, I never finished it as a kid. I, I, I had a hard time with it. Like Hollow Bastion, as much as I love
1: that
2: level,
0: and we'll explore that a bit later on, there are some things in that level where I just think, "What the hell were the developers thinking?" Yes, um, there
1: was, there were things I liked in this game, and I really liked the opening. Yeah, I, it's a bit slow, yeah. but it kind of reminds me of the start of a movie because we get to know the main characters. So yeah. when, when the plot kicks in, we can start to care about them. We learn that Sora's fond for Kairi, and he's got a rivalry with Riku. And then once we've established all that, yeah. all hell breaks loose. And then we yeah. suddenly get well, given I'm... this
2: key to fight Shadow Monsters. Well, I wanted to talk about that. So, yeah, so the story is that it's these the trio of friends of Isora, Riku, and Kairi. They live on this apparently, like paradise world, where it's like a beautiful, you know, island and all of this sort of thing. And it's, it's very much like a kind of a Disney opening, mm. where you've got the main character who's saying, I'm bored of my current lot, I, I want to be where the people are, I want to be part of that world, I will go the <laughs> distance, I just can't wait to be king. It's literally, it's that kind of idea where the characters are all yearning, I want to go out and see the world. That's their main story. I just can't wait, once we set sail. It'll be great. And then a horrifying thing strikes when their island suddenly gets engulfed by this, yeah, like these shadow monster horrors that were in Sora's dream, which is a cool kind of little foreshadowing. And then, yeah, and then Riku kind of accepts, oh my god, this is our opportunity to leave this island and go, but he kind of accepts the kind of evil world. Once we step through, we might not be able to come back. We may never see our parents again. There's no turning back. But this may be our only chance. We can't let fear stop us. I'm not afraid of the darkness! And Kairi disappears completely. And then Sora is the only one who's left behind as the entire island gets destroyed. And then he gets sucked into a portal. And then he wakes up and he gets rescued by Pluto, Mickey's dog. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey Mouse's dog. <laughs> it's, it's very- it, 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 it is- Of all people, it's literally that idea of, yeah, what would happen if it's like a almost Jessica Rabbit kind of idea yeah. like what would happen if you as if you as a normal person suddenly got sucked into the disney like universe and yeah you have bugs bunny and mickey mouse running around what do you do in that scenario well first off you get a giant magical key that tells you that you're the chosen one to destroy evil of course that's what you get on with anyway so i just wanted to explain the no, general premise because yeah now we're all set for like Talking about and the different Disney worlds, yeah, all and the all that,
1: yeah. uh, uh, the conglomerate of bad guys is mainly made up of like a council of villains from yes. various Disney. Oh, it's movies. amazing! It's like you've got I love it. That they're all like before Christmas, Captain Hook, and they're all led by Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty
0: It's like it's like the Legion of Doom, but they're all yeah. Disney villains. I love it. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that little squirt, took down that heartless.
2: Who'd have thought
0: it? Such is the power of the key. The child's strength is not his own. Why don't we turn him into a heartless? <laughs> That'll settle things quick enough. And the brat's friends are the king's lackeys.
1: swoggle on the eyes. they're all built rats by the look of them. You're no prize
2: yourself. <laughs> For me, my frame of reference was I used to watch as a kid on the Disney Channel, The House of Mouse. Of course. Oh, yes. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love that. But, but there was one episode, it was a Halloween episode called The House of Villains. And the idea was that Jafar and Maleficent and all the evil baddies uh, take over the House of Mouse. And then they screened all of the kind of the scary Halloween Disney skits. Okay, everybody. Now it's time for a change of pace. Light. out.
0: Right you are, Mickey. It's Halloween, you know, and with just
1: the right touch. It's our house now! It's our house now! It's the
2: fact you can't ignore! Shut the
1: window! Lock the
2: door! Yeah, so that was my frame of reference for, like, this (laughs) evil Disney's council, you know. But it's fantastic. Yeah, you get all these villains and they're all going, ah, yes, we shall use the Heartless and the Heartless of the Shadow Monsters. We shall use the Heartless to take over the world. You go, what the hell is going on <laughs>
0: plot-wise? <laughs> do, do I want to bring up actually because you mentioned the keyblade earlier i would just say as a general kind of observer of like fantasy items and cosmetics and stuff like you look at the lightsaber in star wars and look at a magic wand or a a staff by a wizard in lord of the rings etc
1: or a master sword from legend of zelda
0: yeah yeah exactly one thing you is that's very interesting is that in a lot of fiction it's very difficult to make a unique sword that's like its own thing and it's kind of like does something clever with the universe that it sets itself in and becomes yeah. original the keyblade as a concept as a sort of melee weapon is really original and i think it's really creative yeah. what they did and it, it's so it, fun it's yeah. so fun it's great it looks cool and also it serves a massive purpose in the story i actually own a um, kingdom Hearts hoodie with multiple <laughs> <laughs> keyblades on it like all the keyblades from
2: the first Kingdom uh, Hearts okay. game i thought you were about to say that you own a keyblade i do own a keyblade oh okay <laughs>
0: but it's a miniature one it's like a mini one. Oh, right I can see Some... it in the corner there
2: <laughs> there are plenty of people out there who have a giant keyblade like the actual legit thing oh no every
0: like... comic-con I've yeah. been tempted to buy one <laughs> yeah there's, there's always
2: there's always ones at comic-con <laughs> Yeah, maybe next no, time. it's, it's, yeah, it's maybe. mad. I want to talk about the origins of the series just a little bit, because it's it's fascinating. It was Hiro Nobu Sakaguchi, who was the creator of Final Fantasy, was chatting to Shinji Hashimoto, who was a producer at Square. So at this time it was Squaresoft and not later on Square Enix, which is what they are now. But anyway, they were talking about Mario 64 and how they wanted to do a kind of Final Fantasy game But in the style of Mario 64, where you can run around, jump around, and kind of like a platformer, but a 3D world. Because obviously, Final Mm. Fantasy VII, you think about that, it's actually quite linear in how it's Mm. designed. Like, it's a big open world, but ultimately, once you get in the world, there's only set places you can move around. Anyway, so that was the idea but then they were saying that obviously Mario could kind of do whatever he wanted because he was such a big famous character at that point so they weren't sure if a Mario plus Final Fantasy idea would work and so they kind of said oh but what if we could get like Disney because obviously Disney's so massive maybe we could do something with that and lo and behold Square at the time the company was in the same building in Japan as the Disney headquarters (laughs) And so one day Shinji Hashimoto (laughs) ran into a Disney executive in the elevator and pitched the game to him. And that's how it got started. And then they brought on Tetsuya Nomura, who was the lead character designer for Final Fantasy VII to become the director. And then it was written by both Tetsuro Nomura and Shinji Hashimoto. So I just wanted to bring that up, because I know we're we're keen to discuss other stuff, but it's such a funny origin story. I, mean, I had to kind of mention it. No,
0: I'm glad you did because like the origin story is just as goofy as the actual game itself and like to yeah. be honest yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> like I mean to be honest to this day just as you've correctly mentioned you and it's such an odd game and even to this day my brain can't really comprehend that it exists. It's a bit yeah. like Wah, yeah. what <laughs> and just like even just like playing it like yeah. am I in the right timeline yeah. right now playing this game this is not making any sense <laughs> come on
2: Sora we've got to close the
1: door to darkness like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one like, thing yeah. in the game I really liked was the music like it's yes. all really mm. whimsical and matches the tone of the game mm. and also matches each area yeah. because it's all themed around I think they even take like kind of so like the Little Mermaid stuff sounds like kind of like under the sea Halloween Town stuff sounds like this is Halloween, etc. etc. And also, I really like the scummy ship music. It's such a precious soundtrack,
2: the whole thing. And
1: even like the main menu theme is just perfect. Yeah. Oh my
2: god, the Dearly Beloved is the most gorgeous little piano piece and again it's so out of left field like why is the music that you start the game up really kind of sad and emotional yeah <laughs> it's like this sweet little piano piece it's it's fascinating so that was uh, yoko shimamura we should mention as the composer it's so
1: kind of happy as well it's it's like it's peaceful it's like it's not it's, it's not sad, it's like kind of like a mixture It's, it's yeah. kind of got a melancholy feel to it but it also f- sounds quite happy Yeah, it, it's it's interesting
0: It's also Simple and Clean, that's it Simple and Clean, yeah. which is a that's, lovely track
2: Yeah, Yutada Hikaru is who performed it, and yeah that that's the J-pop that starts yeah. the game it's, it's, it's great, but it's, but it's also a great the song
0: ins- But it's an instrumental version of it as well which is absolutely gorgeous mm. Yeah, no, the soundtrack in the game is just amazing. It really I mean, stands used- out they, they also reuse Some famous Final Fantasy tracks In this game um, They do Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, The it, I mean I, I suppose it's We're going to just Kind of jump in We've mentioned Final Fantasy right? There is A return Of a very famous Final Fantasy movie Sephiroth from Final Fantasy 7 and he is the hardest boss to beat in this game basically and his signature track plays as well as you're doing it it's like remixed and kind of modernized and it's absolutely just brilliant
1: what do you mean I did that the first time I did it what Uh, obviously I didn't get that far
2: (laughs) (laughs) I really love Sephiroth's design in this game where like he's got the one wing and he's got these kind of weird he's got it's very cool it's just a very different outfit I love Cloud's redesign as well, where he's got the buster sword, but it's all covered up in, like, tape, like he's trying to keep it all together, which is really fun.
0: The other day, I was just talking to you about Kingdom Hearts and that redesign, and I actually said, I read in a uh, forum somewhere, that the reason why they did that is because Disney thought he was too edgy and his sword was too edgy, (laughs) so they were afraid Uh, that he was gonna cut himself on the edge of it. (laughs) And that uh, made me laugh uh, a lot, uh, 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 so I thought it was kind of funny. Um, I like to think that was the case, but...
2: You can definitely see the Final Fantasy VII influence on the look of Sora and Mm. Riku. And, like, I'm talking about the spiky hair. Like, the spiky hair is everywhere. And that makes sense because Mm. it was Tetsuya Nomura, who's the lead character designer for Final Fantasy VII. He also did the character designs for and the concept art for Kingdom Hearts as well. So it makes sense. But yeah, Yeah. no, it's funny.
0: This was one of the first lots of PS2 games I actually played and i was not used to the functionality of the ps2 and what it was capable of um one of the things is that the ps2 had a vibrating control that vibrated in certain cutscenes in a video <laughs> game for instance and there was that beautiful moment when you oh,
1: ps1 had that
0: yeah but it was like not not so often it would be like in the game but not during cutscenes. so right. for me it was what what was really weird is that like during the gummy ship reveal with chip and dale and all the cogs are turning. We had the controller on the floor, we were not touching. it, and suddenly it started vibrating on its own, and both yeah. my brother and I are just like, whoa! <laughs> so that was pretty... So um, funny. <laughs> a, it's a little memory I have of the game, which I thought was quite mm. uh, nice, but I thought bring that up. It was a real shocker. <laughs> Do we want to jump in and talk about the world? And like, oh yeah. Because uh, there's a lot, there, it's a very, yeah.
1: Yeah, this is where my problems started with wonderland i oh, yeah. really didn't no, like it's not good. Great this world. I agree. this was quite early on this this is probably a warning sign actually to be fair <laughs> when i was playing this i was tempted to just not play the game and just watch the cutscenes. like it's really unclear where you're supposed to go or what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. i spent ages stuck there not knowing where i was supposed to go and i was like i'm oh, how did this game get past playtesting in this absolute state? Like, I was walking around, I think and it's
2: I, that. I, I, I got past, I got past Wonderland no, as a bit, though. So, I don't, I don't think it's that unintuitive. You just literally run around a bit. You gotta just hit like, a few I things.
0: And...
2: It's, uh, yeah. It's,
1: I, I know. It, to be fair, yeah. I think one of my big problems throughout a lot of the game was it's not super clear where you're supposed to go in yeah. some places so it is a lot of trial and error like I had to use a walkthrough for at least 50% of this game
0: that's fair game I'm like I'm all for people using walkthroughs if they get stuck on the game and they want to enjoy oh, yeah. the rest of the game I feel like there's, an, yeah. there's a point yeah, if, you, fine. if you're struggling with the game and it feels like the game is holding a good story hostage and I feel like you know a walkthrough yeah. is absolutely fine
2: the worst world for that is definitely Monstro yes. yes we should mention you do so Monstro is the whale from Pinocchio mm-hmm. and yes you do get swallowed by him, which, again, is a great idea, but the actual level itself is infuriating. Oh, that was a really cool one. I like, Really? That was, that was one of the bits I like. Oh, I, I like <laughs> that <laughs> bit. I like the level, I just... I don't like for the, the whole thing, level. so... Yeah, yeah, I don't like the level design, where it's, it's so complicated trying to figure out where everything is. Uh, is The idea is that you're running around inside its guts. That did stump me, with some... Yeah, yeah it's such a pain in the butt. It, it's a literal like, major, yeah, like, yeah. It's just... Like, I mean, I see it both ways.
0: To be fair, I'm going to be fair on Rob, because I also didn't particularly like the Ice and Wonderland Land. Not because it was absurdly difficult, but I just thought it was just uninteresting. I thought it was a bit grey and dark and I didn't really like
2: it yeah it's a shame considering how colourful yeah. the film is I think they capture the nonsense logic which I really like but a lot of it is spent yeah. in the forest and it, and which it is feels kind like, like lotus forest it felt like a forest isn't built isn't in a cardboard box
0: and I thought mm-hmm. oh, I didn't like that
2: yeah yeah it's a it's a strange then, feeling it's very weird yeah the, no, up, the no, other worlds but that's the actually not feel great like
0: that but that <laughs> is a pain in the bum because it's I'm going to keep saying pain in the bum from <laughs> here on um, but like every room looks Looks identical yeah. and it kind of reminded me of playing Resident Evil a little mm. bit where I was just kind of running back and forth mm. into the same rooms over and over again and I was just like for even yeah. with a guide yeah, yeah, was struggling with no, it as well at one
2: point. I yeah no 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 I I I struggle I struggle Yeah I'm a, a lot. I just like the
1: aesthetically it looks cool though. No, yeah, oh, yeah, no. It, that, that another thing I wanted to really talk me. about. Just is just the about the Atlant- Atlantica
0: also felt like a bit of a pain in the bum because Ursula's boss fight was ridiculous.
2: Yeah. I was gonna mention that.
1: Ursula's boss fight, <laughs> yeah most of my problems with this game were with the boss fight but this was one of the funniest moments this one makes me laugh and to be fair Ewan said fair play when I was mentioning this was I went through most of the game without equipping any skills or any keyblades. So I used like the base keyblade for most this game. I got up to Ursula and I was in our, our group chats just venting my frustrations like, why is this so hard? Why can't you see the boss's health? Like, Surely that should be a feature. And he was like, it's a skill you unlock. I'm like, Rob, why does it have to be a skill you unlock? Because <laughs> it's, it's Rob, part I was like, of I the game. The you know, it's the level so completion. Ahead, actually, yeah, and I was like, and then I went and realized, Oh, you can equip other Keyblades. So I equipped like the Pumpkinhead Keyblade and did it instantly. Rob, Rob, like...
0: Rob, 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 I love you, man. But like the moment you said, "Oh my God, I can equip other Keyblades," I was like, "No wonder you're having a bad time." <laughs> <laughs> I was just laughing and crying out loud, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I did find it yeah that was very funny yeah no I mean that's the thing like I like the fact that you can equip and then unequip certain abilities so if you do want to like play the entire game without the health bars like so you can see how much health uh the various enemies have you can play it without that which is a cool like that's the thing it's like a challenge meter like to see how far you can go without knowing like how quickly the enemy will go down sort of thing and there's all these other abilities one this is crazy so in my I've got my ps3 kingdom Hearts 1.5 Remix which adds some features to the game but one of the things it added was an ability that you can equip at the very start which stops you levelling up at all so if you want to play the entire game on level (laughs) 1 Why does this exist? There are challenge junkies out there who are far stronger than any of us who would mm. attempt to do that but yeah no i i thought yeah no i i looked at that i think it might only pop up on Ooh. proud mode and proud mode's the hardest difficulty which of course i played through and beat of course <laughs> yeah and yeah. I, I think so that was a little feature on that yeah no i recommend proud mode for anyone i yeah, really enjoyed I struggled that. on level 50 yeah no it, it's still a hard game it's at a hard game full stop
1: yeah <laughs> To be fair, most of my pro- Aside from Wonderland, most of my problems with probably the last
2: half of the game. Sure, sure. Aside from the cable um,
1: Wonders in, Agrabah, because that got on my
2: nerves. That was very funny. And that was because
1: I had the... I did that with the... Oh, Standard the original Keyblade, key that's amazing.
2: To be fair to you, Rob, it took me a while to realise that you could equip different... I, I, I had
0: the same thing when I was a kid as well, but I realised it when I was playing Kingdom Hearts 2, and I was like, hold on a minute, what? There's no tutorial that explains how to do it, to be fair, on everyone.
1: No, so maybe that's the problem. Yeah, because this was my first time playing the game properly,
2: so... Oh yeah, no, I think... I've yeah, that's one a last thing
0: before we move on to from Atlantica, the world. Is that, I just to bring us up briefly, is that Chain of Memories the game, the next game that comes afterwards does pretty much borrow the assets of Kingdom Hearts 1, including the worlds and the characters. Yeah,
2: it's kind of a Majora's Mask and a Exactly,
0: finger. but also the Ursula boss is terrible in that one as well, and it's, or- <laughs> it's, it's even oh, worse. Yeah, you're,
1: you're supposed to That's get behind funny. her and she keeps turning around. It's so but, annoying. But, but, I was like, uh,
2: no, you just, no, you just hit her face loads of times. Like, I had to...
0: To be fair, no, I did what Rob did, which is go behind her.
2: She gave me the biggest, like, on crowd mode, she was definitely the hardest fight for me, bizarrely enough. Yeah, no, I don't know why. <laughs> No, I want to talk about Halloween Town because yes. I think we all agreed that's yes. like one of our favourite.
1: That was one of the bits I really liked. I just loved the design. Yeah. It's like, mm. weird because, like, controversially, I'm not a big fan of Nightmare Before Christmas. Maybe because I, when I first watched it, I was like 24. Mm, right. I was like, I watched it and I was just like, yeah, I like the visual style, but oh. it wasn't made for me.
0: Uh, Halloween Town is definitely the best world in this game, in my
2: opinion. It's, it's the best Disney World, yeah. Yeah. Like they all get a costume change, so they all look like scary Halloween Town characters. Oh, yeah, it's and, really and cool. the music is the Halloween Town oh, theme it's song. Really... It, it's so fun, but, and but... you get to hang out with Jack Skellington. Yes, so you do. It's great. And now, allow me to introduce the master of terror, the king of nightmares, Jack Skellington.
0: I think that Kingdom Hearts is at its best when there's an original story for each of the Disney worlds. And in this case, this is definitely an instance of that. Kingdom Hearts 2 follows f- more through the, the film's actual story whereas this is an actual yeah. original Nightmare Before Christmas story and it's like yeah. a prequel to the main film where they're basically trying to well Jack Skeleton is trying to make his own artificial heart and he tries yeah. to give a heartless a heart Jack mm. Skeleton is so lovely because they keep it in tune with the movie I feel like the guys who wrote the script and the developers mm. of the game do get Nightmare Before Christmas quite nicely Yeah, because yeah. Jack like Skeleton Jack is perfect he goes up to say, like trust me you'll love it it's going to be great this is t- the heartless and yeah. all that it's just like so chingy.
2: I, I love yeah, I love the fact that his his plan ends in a horrible disaster and like at the end of the at the end of that level you have Jack saying but next year it'll be fantastic, yeah. you know? <laughs> He's like already thinking of new ideas. And, and I love what has, he says. He hasn't learned his lesson at all. Uki <laughs> says, like, A heart?
0: That bonehead is really making a heart? I'll be jiggered. That's an actual quote in the yeah. game, and I love that. That bonehead Jack is really making a heart? <laughs> I'll
2: be jiggered. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's a very Oogie Boogie thing oh, to
1: say, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite lands was the Lost Jungle, which is land, which... Mm. I think it's possibly down to Tarzan was like literally the second film I ever saw in the cinema after Phantom Aww. Menace. So it's nice. cool experiencing the story, but with the other Kingdom Hearts stuff, like, like, yeah, it did have kind of the stuff of, like, not telling you exactly where you need to go. But I liked in in the Jungle and you end fighting Brian Blessed riding a giant chameleon, which was absolutely bad. <laughs> Oh, literally, Clayton. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Clayton
0: in Tarzan, bo- like, the Clayton boss fight is, like, literally Crazy Frog, when you think about it. He's, like, got an invisible like, floating <laughs> thing. He's kind of floating around. It's just like, yeah, that's Crazy Frog. Can I,
2: <laughs> can I tell you guys that on the proud mode of 1.5. Sabor the leopard is really hard. Mm. <laughs> like, like Sabor killed me like three times.
0: <laughs> I have one criticism of the Tarzan level, and it's to do with the vines. Oh yeah, they're not great. I don't think they're no, terrible. Either. Very... They're not terrible. Like.
2: It's a very half-hearted attempt to kind of achieve the the vine swinging. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's 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 there more to just be like, look, we're in the Tarzan world. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, like I say, the Issue with, with the vines is that they're serviceable, that you can get around a level and stuff like that. They're not great, but there's the transition. I played a lot of the PS1 Tarzan game and I thought it was an amazing game, like, mm. back to it. And one of the things I really liked about it was the vine system. I know it sounds really, that's such a weird sentence. Yeah, no, the vine system, but like, literally yeah. swing from the vines, being moving up and down the vines and stuff like that. Mm. And get it, it was like one of the best platforming things I've seen ever and I yeah. thought if they could just like maybe just built a little bit more on that in the Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. game and built you know what they did best in the in the PS1 game it would have yeah. definitely helped
2: I think I like the the tree branch slide that's cute again yeah, that's, like that's a little a little nod nice. yeah a little nod to the Tarzan world
1: yeah, There's was a PS2 game which is called something called like Tarzan Free Ride which is pretty much just sliding down the trees the Lord of the Jungle's back with Disney's Tarzan Freeride.
2: I wanted to talk about the Heartless very quickly because they're very cute. Mm. So the Heartless are the main villains of the shadow creatures of Kingdom Hearts. They're literally the things that are destroying the world and their designs are mainly adorable. <laughs> Playing <laughs> like, as a Heartless
0: is hilarious as well. Um, oh my you get God. to play so, as a Heartless and you just sort of jump around clumsily. It's
2: great. At, one, so at cute. one point... At one point, you do become a Heartless, and you run Oh, yeah, that bit was cool. We know Hollow Bastion. They're like little buggy creatures. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That sequence is amazing when you're running around, and, and you get but, rescued by Kyrie. But, speaking yeah. of
1: Heartless, that was one thing that I found... It wasn't, like, a massive thing that really turned me off the game, but it was something that I found a bit annoying, was just they just randomly spawn mm. here and there mm-hmm. like this yeah. is a preference on my part because i'm not really into that kind of thing like i would have preferred it if like the enemy encounters were just like set points rather than just you're exploring the world and suddenly oh look random enemies coming to attack you like it's fun for a little bit and then after a while it gets tedious it's great when you need to But like, even with pokemon yeah, yeah even well, with pokemon it, it, like it's... i i get a bit annoyed with that
2: It's not random, though. Like, the the placements of the Heartless never change. Like, they are always in these set areas of the various maps, and you can kind of just run past them a lot of the time if you need to. I don't know, like, they don't randomly spawn like in Pokemon. But I know what you mean. They are relentless. At the very start of the game, they literally tell Sora, yeah, they'll never stop hunting you. Get used to it. The Heartless have great fear of the Keyblade. That's why they'll keep coming after you, no matter what.
0: Well, I didn't ask for this. The Keyblade chooses its master. And it chose you. The one
1: enemy type that I particularly found annoying were the big fat ones. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got yeah, to yeah, hit yeah. them from behind. They've got this big shield round yeah. the front, and they can belly flop you and kill you really easily. <laughs> um, and everyone came up. That's was so like, hard. Not more of these guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I love any. those guys. Large bodies. They give you a lot of something BXP. They're called. Yeah,
2: they do. Um, they do. And and but I love the fact that later on, like they bring them back because they knew that they were annoying, and they just gave them a bigger health bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, they knew what they were doing when they did that I just wanted to say the Heartless are really adorable and I should get they are. I want like, to get, get a plushie yeah. I want <laughs> to get a plushie yeah get Comic I'd find it quite sinister though it might steal my heart it's anyway, fine yeah the Heartless are creatures of darkness the whole story is literally a story of light versus darkness and the idea is the Heartless are creatures born from the darkness in your heart it's amazing mm. writing and the more you give into this darkness the more likely the Heartless Will take over, and eventually you'll turn into a heartless, and they'll steal your heart. And they're called the heartless because they're constantly searching for hearts to consume. But yeah, no. So it's all this kind of light and darkness story.
0: I really like Riku as a character. I know he's an edge lord, and yeah, he's just. 2000s edge guy. He looks like he came straight out of the Beyblade anime, but still, he's great. Yes, <laughs> he is probably my favorite character in the game. He's often framed as a bad guy for getting jealous. of well, no, but he's basically framed as being a bad guy for being jealous of Donald and Goofy for being Sora's friends. Well, the thing is, he's manipulated into it by a Maleficent. That, they, yeah, so that's one. That's one game too. So Sora has everything handed to him on a platter. He has Disney and Final Fantasy characters looking after him right off the get-go. Mm. And he is the chosen one. Riku has to go through his own difficult path. And you have to remember Riku is literally a kid thrown into another world all alone. Essentially, he has literally no one apart <laughs> from a bunch of villains. Maleficent yeah. fundamentally adopts him as saying, like, you know, he's like a son to her.
2: You see, it's just as I told you. While
1: you toiled away trying to find your dear friend, he quite simply replaced you with some new companions, evidently. Now
0: he values them far more than he does you. You're better off without that wretched
1: boy. Now think no more of him and come with me. I'll help you find what you're searching for.
0: He's not someone who has has a path set out for him. Mm. He's a lost kid that who's a victim to his circumstances. So naturally, he makes stupid decisions. The Heartless obey me now, Sora. Now I have nothing to fear. You're stupid! His development becomes even more complex in Chain of Memories and stuff like that. I know Rob doesn't, I know you have not had a good experience with Kingdom Hearts, but I do recommend watching the Riku cutscenes of Chain of Memories because it's such a lovely story. It's one of my favourite Kingdom Hearts stories his heart is in the right place and he does try to do the right thing in Mm. the end.
2: Even in this game when he's set up as the kind of bad guy or the the kind of the antagonist to Sora's kind of protagonist but ultimately what he's doing is he is using like he's ultimately he's giving himself up to darkness to gain more power Mm. but he's doing it to try and rescue Kyrie, Kairi disappears. They find her, but she's unconscious, and so they're trying to figure out how to bring her back. And he thinks, "Oh, if I use the powers of darkness, that'll save her."
1: Riku tries to sacrifice Pinocchio. That's, yeah, no, I'm angry Paul at that. Sacrifice Pinocchio that. to and we <laughs> yeah. can bring Kyrie back. I'm sure it's like no. That's evil, Pinocchio's the life I'm doing. He's like, you value this puppet over your friends. Literally Pinocchio's dad's
0: like, no, my boy. And then Riku's like, lol, sentient puppet. I'm gonna deliver him to the forces of darkness, bye. It's just like, what the hell? (laughs) I want to make some sort of sweeping, brief comments about the other worlds. I'll be as quick as I possibly can. Aladdin, quickly. I liked the Aladdin level, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed that and I like Aladdin myself. But it still annoys me as a world.
1: I liked the Agrabah world apart from the Cave of Wonders, which was my fault because I didn't equip a good key ballade. So I was using the standard key blade. I think probably yeah. I've got a bit of a bias towards Aladdin because mm. when I was eight years old, I was in like a drama club at school and we put a, a production of Aladdin <laughs> and I okay. played Aladdin. Uh,
2: oh, there you go. The Al- well I like the Aladdin world I'm, I don't know I, I've always been kind of disappointed by that world
0: I get this is all meant to be in tune with Disney cartoon stories and you know the main film stories but Aladdin could have stopped the stars from going out save <laughs> the universe and single handedly ended all the forces of darkness with his free wishes or surely at least uh... given the land to Sora Donald and Goofy to get them additional wishes to help them on their journey before he was made human the, I mean, yeah it's on. the
2: classic problem of having an all
0: powerful genie <laughs> and he's like yeah. genie I'm- I want you to yeah. be free. It's like you just you just basically doomed us all. Thanks for that.
1: Maybe I would have had to fight that stupid gargoyle boss if it wasn't for you, Aladdin.
2: I rush!
1: Patience, my fine
2: feathered friend. Any three
0: wishes? Moving on to another world is the Peter Pan level. Mm. Now, the Peter Pan level is interesting. It's well, mo- you can fly. It's
2: interesting
1: because it's- Oh, that's where the Sora. Yeah! Yeah,
0: but yes it is. You're quite I right. I um, Where are those damn chaos enemies. But uh, the Peter Pan level is interesting because, in my opinion, the level is kind of uninteresting. It's inoffensive mm. and quite closed in. But then a boss shows up, and then you can fly. And then you can fly around (laughs) Big Ben, it's just... You can
1: fly around Big Ben, it's crazy. After fighting Ursula, Captain Hook was such a relief. Like, I did Captain (laughs) Hook first time. Like, Shadow Sora... Calls me more problems than Captain Hook Shadow Sora
2: is such a great concept I love that
0: the last one is Beast mm. I enjoyed the Beast oh, story yeah. the yes. most and again like I said before the Disney worlds are at their best when they're an original story yeah. made yeah. for the game and this is a story where Beast is literally trying to rescue Belle from the forces of darkness
2: Beast's story mirrors Sora's yeah. it's a story yeah like the world of Beauty and the Beast disappears like Sora's does and, and just like Sora Beast also sets out to Rescue Belle because she's been kidnapped by Maleficent. Mm. So it is that same story. It's so good. I love that you run into this like fellow traveler who's also has that same strength of will and and yeah, and, uh, he's your best and, like, friend. You know, he's, that, he's, that, that, that courage. Yeah, he's your only friend at oh, that point. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you you come here? I came to fight <laughs> oh for Belle, mm-hmm. and though I am on
1: my own, I. Fight. i won't leave without her
2: me too i'm not gonna give up now i came here to
1: find someone very important to me and he's an absolute yeah. tank yes. as well because yeah. at that point um riku's nicked your keyblade i'm the one who fought my way here with the keyblade
0: you were just the delivery boy
1: and so yeah you're left with a sword which is about as useful as a one of man in the <laughs> kicking contests. So you've got Beast helping you because Donald mm. and Goofy are like Mickey said. We have to follow where the key goes, so we're going with you, Riku. Even though you're being evil. So then <laughs> so, 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 so Thanks so a lot, Donald. And Beast, Goofy, and, Beast, you and Beast suck. So then yeah. Beast, he basically helps you out until you get your Keyblade back. But even then, he sticks yeah. in your path and he absolutely dominates. Like he will just I like, love pretty much so one much. hit kill. Yeah, it's,
2: it's my favourite. And while we're talking about Holobastion
1: I really liked the design of it. Mm. I just didn't like how you could keep falling off. Yeah, and, you got to be really careful about pain.
2: falling off the edge.
1: <laughs> I really didn't like having to fight that dragon mm. because I love that it. boss fight oh, so it's much. Good. It's one of my favorites. It took me a lot. <laughs> I resorted to jumping on its back and just spamming mm. magic attacks oh, and yeah. using all my what's well, Ethers in. and elixirs.
2: Oh, amazing. Maleficent, yeah, she turns into her dragon form, and it's a really cool boss fight. When she snaps, she makes the same snap sound that she does in the original movie, which is really cool. But yeah, no, I love that whole world. It's, it's really neat.
1: I think part of my frustration with it comes from the fact that I was playing the original PS2 version. Hmm. Because of one thing, you cannot skip cutscenes, no matter how many yeah. times yeah. you watch them. You have to sit through every time
2: you die and it just gets like... Uh, yeah. No, if it's no, any that's consolation, it. Rob, I originally played the PS2 version, and yes, there are certain cutscenes that have burned into my skull. Like the big boss fight with Riku in Hollow Bastion, I've got that ingrained into my brain. There is no way you're taking Kairi's heart. Oh, you yeah, see, Riku after the dragon, Riku was, was really quite easy, easy in comparison. I didn't have any trouble with Maleficent, but I struggled and with Riku. And then I got stuck. So I struggled with Riku. I like, literally, I
0: struggled
1: so much. Riku only took me, like, I think three. What?
2: four attempts? I literally for me
0: I was just like I struggled I was even messaging you into that because like this is the first boss where Donald and Goofy just bugger off. Don't know what happens I think this is the first boss where you don't have Donald and Goofy as support Mm. and that's a bit of a frustrating and difficult thing because Donald's really good for his cure ability. His healing does save your (coughs) quite a lot. But you have to be tactical about like your dodging with Riku, and it's really difficult. I remember finishing that boss fight, and then my game save file got corrupted, and I had no. to play it all over again. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> literally just suffering. So, yeah, I don't have fond memories of Riku <laughs> as a boss. <laughs>
1: I had this in Hollow Bastion as well. I was getting a bit too eager with my jumping in the library in Hollow Bastion, and I got stuck behind these bookcases with no way to get out. <laughs> So I had to reset my console. The point where I stopped playing altogether, this is the point which dumped me, was the gargoyle from Fantasia mm. oh, shows up as a boss. Yeah, was this was the point where I'd had enough. I think the boss fight itself would have been fine, but there is one move that just ruined everything for me, where just, at just random points the gargoyle would surround himself in flames. And if you're anywhere near him at the time, and you don't move away quick enough, you can just get killed instantly. Yeah. And that, if it wasn't for that move, I think I would have been able to do it. But because of my strategy of hiding, of going behind him and hitting him on the back of the head, and the camera not being the best, it's not always clear when he's doing it.
2: He you knew your tricks, Rob. He you knew he'd, you'd go for the back of the head. I want to talk about, very yeah. quickly, the apocalyptic feel of the entire game the entire plot is the stars are going out because every world is slowly being destroyed and presumably thousands mm. of millions of people are dying it's um, like that doctor who episode then you finally, where the daleks oh, take everyone yeah. bernard kribbins yeah yeah, the, oh, stars yeah. yeah. Oh, bro, the stars are going out the stars are
0: going out
2: but it is that—it's that same plot. It's really scary. Like at the very start, Goofy like points out, what are the stars going out." And you go, "Oh my god!" And it's this nightmare. And yeah, you meet all of these like refugees from all of these different worlds when their worlds got destroyed. Oh yeah,
1: because you we've not talked about Traverse like, Town yet. Yeah. That's where all that, thats where all the Final Fantasy yeah. characters' mm. are, their worlds. Uh, are uh, being all Bastion, believe
0: it or not, was their world. Yeah, um, it got taken and,
2: over by uh, the uh, darkness. Another thing, building so, up on your
0: point, great. is that what makes this really unsettling is that these are characters that we all grew up with as kids just kind of witnessing this all unfold (laughs) the fact that it's goofy of all characters going oh my god all these worlds are being destroyed i'm just like this is horrible
1: (laughs) and all of the pages of Winnie the Pooh have been scattered throughout so can i just say i
0: love Winnie the Pooh and i have the book i have the book on my bookshelf i had it read to me as a Mm. kid I watched all the films as a kid, I, I reread them as an adult, that's how sad it is, yeah. and yeah.
2: they're
0: so good, they're so
2: good. Oh yeah, they're lovely books, yeah. You take the role of Christopher Robin in this, yeah.
0: I, one, um, it's really
1: sweet. exposure to Winnie the Pooh that's burning to mind, was my little brother had a vhs tape, which had episodes of the cartoon on, there's this really weird one where Winnie the Pooh accidentally deflates Christopher Robin's <laughs> balloon, <laughs> and he has this weird <laughs> stream where he's in balloon court and he's being sent to the I remember that fall. one. Bursting a balloon, I, and the yet uh, to I That that's weird.
0: How that comes back. You who bear have been accused
1: of popping a balloon. Guilty. 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 guilty
0: i was just saying I really like the Winnie the Pooh level. I much prefer it to like you know, to yeah stuff like that. But also, it was just a nice break from all the darkness of the game. As weird as it sounds, it was just kind of like here's a
2: little little lighthearted. Yeah, arc. yeah. It's a very yeah, sweet he... story. It's really sad at the start. Can we yeah. talk about how sad the start is? Because Winnie the Pooh is all on his own because all the pages have gone from the book, and so he's talking about well, I'm trying to think, part. and if if he can, can't remember or it? anything, something about how like if he can't remember his friends anymore, and he's he's trying to think maybe if. I- I think enough I'll forget poo as well and I (laughs) thought (laughs) no everyone is gone everyone must have gone away while I was napping I think so who knows maybe I shall end up going away somewhere as well but I wonder how do I say goodbye to myself think 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 like, how, how do I think myself and away? One, I like, oh one thing I
1: thought was funny about that <laughs> level, I didn't do Poofer. all of it. I just, I think I did it first, and then I was like, I'm not going back through the game to find all the pages. Sorry, Pooh. And, uh, but what I did like was that instead of attack, it says hit.
2: Very, like, deliberately kind of child friendly. It's really sweet. Gorge, is that all that's left of the worlds taken by the heartless? I just want to say, finally, it's a very, very odd game, but one that I've got a lot of love and real respect for in the sense that it's it had it had this high concept idea of Final Fantasy plus Disney and they went out and they actually did it and it's actually for all the problems Rob pointed out and most of them yeah a lot of them are valid but ultimately you know it's a fully functional great game that you can play over and over and enjoy and it's just fascinating to me that it exists and, and that Disney allowed it.
0: If you honestly hate the game so much gameplay wise at least listen to the soundtrack because it's just gorgeous
1: yes i wasn't too fond of this game but i will say there was a lot of things i did like in this game as i've discussed throughout the episode i didn't hate it it just didn't click with me which is a change sure, because i really sure. did want to like it but yeah, it's yeah. Just, you're not going to like every game this is one of those games that just isn't for me
2: I will say, though, if you're burned by Kingdom Hearts 1, I will say that Kingdom Hearts 2 is a lot more playable. Like, I think it does a better job of kind of getting you into it. So if you ever do want to give Kingdom Hearts another chance, I do recommend 2. I will say, though, that whereas I think that 1 works really well because it's a very simple story, like, ultimately, it's a very simple story of good versus evil. The world is ending, and then Sora and Gang stop the world from ending. Once we Hmm. get to Kingdom Hearts 2... It gets a little, let's just say, complicated. <laughs> existential <laughs> yes, complicated. I, I'm well aware. This is why we've got all the spin-offs on, like, different consoles and everything. So I will just say, if you were ever confused by anything going on in one, good luck with the sequels. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Who are you? I'm what's left. Or maybe I'm all there ever was. I meant your name. But okay, I yeah. guess I'll just quickly say... Yeah, my favourite world is Hollow Bastion. I think you guys both said Halloween town. I did, uh, yeah, but world. I also
0: think Winnie the Pooh as well for
2: me. Okay. Yeah. And my favorite and my favourite character is also Prince. Lost Jungle. Yeah. And Lost Jungle. Favorite Alright. Um yeah, do, do I have a
1: favorite character? Oh yeah, favourite character? characters quickly. Mm. You can say no, Disney not... characters
2: and whatever. Yeah, no, it's Disney
1: cool. just because I played him when I was eight years old, Aladdin. Nice. Jiminy Cricket because he's the chronicler
0: he's just just writing down this massive story as you're going on, he's really funny
2: I was going to say Beast but I also like Cloud Strife so I guess I'm one or the other on those I like those characters Okay,
1: Thank you for listening to Bloobcast we've been Rob, James and Ewan you can find all of our episodes on Bloobcast.com we're also available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcast we also have a YouTube channel where we produce shorter episodes called Bloobnets
0: where we discuss the latest news in popular culture. You can find us on social media with at bluecastpod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like, follow, and subscribe so you can get the latest updates on new episodes.
2: We also have an email address, which is bluecast.outlook.com. So if you have any feedback or want to suggest things for us to review in our future episodes, please feel free to drop us an email and you'll get a shout-out on the next episode. Please also rate and review us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. More engagement helps us a lot. And finally, please share the podcast amongst your friends and family. Help spread the word so that the Bluecast Empire can become strong and mighty. James next episode what are we talking about
0: I'm really excited to talk about this this is something that I've grown up with as a kid as I'm sure a lot of listeners will have done and I'm sure both of you two have done as well is Spider-Man definitely the Sam Raimi Spider-Man film the first ever Sam Raimi Spider-Man film a magnificent film achievement it was stuck in a lot of people's heads as they were growing up and they watched it in cinema for the first time it's captured the imagination the modern imagination of Spider-Man as we know it today probably many ways more so than the actual comics. It's an amazing Sam Raimi project. Sam Raimi being an amazing director of horror. He worked on Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. An amazing, beautiful piece of cinema I'm very excited to talk about. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, very close to my heart. I've watched this film more than any other film I've probably watched ever. I'm very excited to watch it another three times. Uh, for the next podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to jump into next time, guys. And I'm really excited for it.
1: The heart, Osborn. First, we attack his heart. It'll be interesting to talk about. And also because of, of course, in the UK, there's a whole ratings debacle, yes. which will be interesting well, to get hey. into. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
2: until then, the Loopcast mm. bid to you farewell. Well,
0: best, everyone.
2: Thank you for listening. I can't wait to meet Spider-Man in Kingdom Hearts 4. <laughs> it's fine,
0: because... Disney owns Spider-Man now.